I um, a little touched by what we just did, and I was reminded uh, that this place is run by more than a couple staff people. Amen. You're all staff. Wait, don't do that to me, Scott. Right, right. No, you're you're all staff. Like we all pray, serve, give, fellowship. We worship. This is how the body of Christ works, and no better place than to be in in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Just uh, loving all the things that I get to hear and talk to Megan earlier behind the scenes, and you know what what we do in our pursuit of the Lord affects more than us. Always. Amen? Amen? And it gets scary sometimes. We're going to talk about that this morning a little bit. Um, but it goes well most of the time. And in the end, we're supposed to win. Amen? Amen. All right. In the meantime, let's see how uh, we can all get our hands on the rope and, and pull and tug and do whatever we need to do to, um, to be what God's called us to be. Um, so really excited about that. I've had a couple uh, teeny commercials quickly. Um, if we could, Katie, could you bring that 360 serve slide? Is, is, can, we, can we get that up here for in a second? There's going to be a deal right down here in the, in the corner. 360 serve is our missionary um, organization where we support other countries uh, by financially directly supporting nationals from those countries most effective missionary is a national from that country so what do you think you're looking for you it was during the beginning the slide roll that was right you guys saw it in the bottom right corner it said support a pastor really like that concept <laughs> um but what we do is we we support pastors by donating, and you guys are doing more than we have ever expected. Uh, this little commercial, uh, Mark Tyler connected with me uh, and Brent via email last week and basically said, hey, um, do you guys have any idea what you're doing in Uganda? <laughs> no, I've never been to Uganda, Mark. <laughs> but uh, apparently, there's a bunch of you who've gotten involved and... We have an opportunity to have a guest from Uganda coming up later in the year, and so that's what we're working on. A little fun, yeah. little, we'll call it a trailer, a teaser. Um, so that's very exciting uh, to see that. So um, if you want, go and get involved and, and check out that too, okay? Now, at the same time, as a church, I say you're all staff and we all have roles and the whole thing. Uh, let, me, let me give it a little disclaimer. There are times where you want to come and you just you want to hide a little. I get that. And there's a time for that. In fact, Ecclesiastes tells us there's a season for everything. And if you need to come and hide and heal and just kind of recover, whatever. You do you. And when you want help or whatever, come get us. Or when you're ready to jump in, that's great too. So I don't... If you're just in that season and that's what you need to do, awesome. And then later, if you want to jump into things like that or things like what Mer Megan was sharing and the whole thing, then that's wonderful. All right, so that's there's an official statement of Rock Bible Church. Hey, um, last week I showed a picture of a new couple. Here they are, John and Joan LaFountain. <laughs> oh, another kissing in church. Oh my goodness! Whew. It was holy kiss, Batman. Um, hey, John, congratulations for making it a week. Keep the streak going. Keep going. All right. Hey, we're uh, in our our <coughs> series on the book of First Samuel, and uh, David is now officially on the scene. We've had uh, three chapters ish of him uh, doing some amazing things. And we're going to continue to hear from David, and uh, th this is a tougher week in some ways. Uh, this, and you'll see when we read through the the passage, it's like, oh, what, what do you do with that? Is God in this passage, and how, and where are we taking from this? And uh, it's a difficult 
uh, season for David. And um, you're going to see that. You'll see the title there, Escaping with God, where um, David's going to start to be on the run. And sometimes you feel like uh, people are after you or your scenario is crashing or whatever it is. This chapter this week, this is for you. All right. So we're going to pray. And then we're going to jump into it. Lord, thanks for this morning. Thanks for your word. For your consistency. For being the other standing in the fire with us. And I trust that we would understand that and feel it both as much as possible. We thank you for your word and uh, what we're going to get from it this morning. May it be your message, your thoughts, your priorities. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, Saul is king, technically. He's been dethroned. Not technically. Uh, God has basically told him, you know, you should have listened. You could have, would have, but you didn't. And so your reign's going to end. And yet we're still waiting for that to happen. In the meantime, Samuel, the prophet, uh, comes along and God says, hey, I want you to go find the next king. Not that guy, not that guy. Oh, him, David. And there's a great thing about him being selected and being anointed. Um, Mark Campbell did a great job looking at that uh, a couple weeks back. Um, and yet, he's still not king. And we've, and we've got this fight with uh, Goliath that David wins, and so he's got some wins, and he becomes in charge of the army, and he's got some army wins, and he's killing it. He's married the king's daughter at this point, Michal. We're going to see her in a second. And, and so everything seems to be going the way it's supposed to be going for David, and yet he's still not, he's still not king. Uh, I imagine he's asking, the, uh, what are we waiting for, God? Like, why the holding pattern? Now, I know this is hard for any of you to relate to because none of you have ever been forced into a holding pattern, right? That was extreme sarcasm. I hate holding patterns. You know the only thing worse than a holding pattern? A dangerous holding pattern. And the questions that come up with you and God in the midst of it. I remember being in Little Rock, Arkansas. Say, I'm sorry. <laughs> right? So I'm out, we're out in Little Rock, Arkansas, and there was quite the holding pattern. And it was kind of dangerous, uh, socially, politically, within our church, and a bunch of other stuff. And then it's like, uh, Julie's not working. I'm the only one. And we got this house, and I'm freaking out. And the questions I started asking God, eh, yelling at God a little bit, and maybe crying. I can whine from time to time, right? It's not pretty. But trying to figure out how do I maneuver manage my way through and, and ultimately out right you ever you ever thought to yourself or even physically out loud said you know what i want out that's right no careful don't don't say that to your spouses okay <laughs> um but there's this there's this great word in god's economy that we use very seldom. And there's, there's a piece of uh, Christianity and humanity within us as believers and followers of Christ that we de-emphasize at times. And I want to give you permission to claim some of these things back. It's okay to escape. I love that word. I liked it in Finding Nemo. Escape. <laughs> right? want to make it more fancy there's another word no it's a beautiful word we're going to get a bunch of no's and some escape attempts and i want us to see there's quite a few characters in this we've going to we're going to have saul we're going to have his son jonathan we're going to have uh, david's wife michal and we have david himself 
And then Sam's going to show up at the end. And, okay, who's the character that we want to show up? Red Church, we ask the question. God's going to show up at the end. And it is hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely love. This is my favorite passage, right? Does anyone remember why? Because it's the one I'm reading now, okay? First Samuel chapter 19, verse 1, here we go. Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants that they should... Okay, so have we established danger? Okay. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. Whose team is Jonathan on? David. Ooh, crossing dad to be on God's team. Good job, a few of you. Okay. Uh, and, and staying on David's team. Jonathan told David, verse 2, hey, uh, first thing he does when he finds out David's in trouble, what's he do? Go straight to him? Love that faithfulness. Saul, my father, seeks to kill you. Therefore, look out. <laughs> Be on your guard in the morning. Stay in a secret place. Hide yourself. I'll go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, and I will speak to my father about you. And if, if I learn anything, I will tell you. Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul. His father said to him, uh, let not the king sin against his servant David. So here's a difficulty in interpreting scripture, right? Is this Jonathan's quote? Is this a quote? Let not the king sin against his servant. What, what, before let, there's a little punctuation symbol what's that it's a quote and it also says <laughs> and uh, Jonathan right said to his father so we know who said it and it's his quote but it's in scripture so either the author thought that should be in there or who else might have thought this statement should be in there okay now here's the tough part in interpreting this is this a descriptive or prescriptive statement uh, Scott, could you translate, please? <laughs> yes. Um, is this in it so we know what Jonathan said, but it's actually untrue? It's just a descriptive s statement about what was said. Or is it prescriptive? It was said. It is true. God and the author made sure it was in there because we're meant to learn about what's going to happen to David would be sin. That's a pretty good guess, right? Now, here's the good news, right? Take all that prescriptive interpretation stuff and then just set it over there. And let me ask you the simple question that's make this easy. Is God meant to be understood and his word easy? Or is it meant to be super difficult, complicated, and only people who know Latin can read it? Don't both me on this one. <laughs> it's meant to be understood. One of the great things we love of the Reformation is that they tried to make the Bible accessible to everyday people. And we're meant to understand that sin's about to happen. Because he had not sinned against you and because his deeds have brought good to you. Dad, read the room. Be honest about what's going on here. For he took his life in his hand and he struck down the Philistine. And the Lord worked a great salvation for all Israel. Is David doing what he's supposed to be doing? Yeah, then dad, why are you a knucklehead? You saw it and rejoiced. Believe your own eyes. Saul, why then will you sin against innocent blood by killing David without cause? No, I would call that prophetic. Because I think it's so prescriptive that it's, it's absolute truth. Right? Saul listened to the voice of Jonathan. Saul what? Does that really? Is this a guy who's been listening? He hasn't been listening. He's been usually dictating. Finally, he starts to listen. All right? Saul swore, as the Lord lives, he shall not be put to death. Did he just make a promise, a vow? He's going to keep it, right? <laughs> is he going to keep it? No. So David's going to die. No. Okay, the two can't be true. 
Is he, is he malintent? Yes. But David's going to live. Why? Because that's a vow, and who's going to keep it? David will not be put to death. I love when God shows up in the midst and in spite of our weakness, shortfalls, and idiocy. And God comes in, eh, you made a vow, yeah, watch this. I can keep this, even though you're a knucklehead, Saul. Jonathan called David, Jonathan reported to him all these things, and Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as before. Is there some kind of reconciliation going on here? Must be. He's back in, he's back in the palace and uh, no longer running for his life. But don't worry, this will be short-lived. Uh, war breaks out again, and David went out, fought with the Philistines, and struck them with a great blow, so they fled before him. Then a harmful spirit from the Lord came upon Saul. You really have a hard time with this phrase. Anybody else dislike this? What is that? I, I don't want to answer that question, Scott. <laughs> God do harmful things? Well, how do we justify that? <laughs> Consequences? Just reward for your ill actions when you're out of line. Will God get your attention? And will he use any means possible? I've lived that, folks. It is no fun. God will take any means to get your attention. Do you hate that or you love it? Both. Both. <laughs> right? Because I need him to get my attention. I just don't want to go through the learning curve. Harmful spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand. Uh-oh. David was playing the lyre. Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he eluded Saul so that the, he struck the spear into the wall. Doesn't this sound almost identical to what we read last week? David fled and what? Escaped that night. Sometimes you got to escape. Sometimes you just got to flee when you recognize the danger. Saul sent messengers to David's house to watch him that he might kill him in the morning. But Michal, David's wife, told him, if you do not escape, there's our word again. If you do not escape with your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed. So Michal let David down through the window and he fled away and what? You see how easy it is to be a pastor? You just find a word that's repeated a bunch of times and you make it the title. Right? Michal took an image and laid it on the bed, put a pillow of goat's hair at its head and covered it up with... With the clothes, she's, she's making a dummy. <laughs> I love this. And when Saul sent messengers to David, she said, he's sick. Is that a lie? Huh. Was it spoken of positively in this passage? Like lying is a good thing? Oh, I love messing with you guys. Then Saul sent the messengers to see David, saying, Bring him up to me in the bed that I may kill him. Just bring the whole bed. <laughs> I guess when you're king back in those days, it's like, hey, if he's sick and he can't move, get four guys, one on each corner, drag him up here. <laughs> I love this. Uh, when the messengers came in, behold, the image was in the bed with the pillow of goat's hair at its head. Now, wouldn't that be fun? To see Saul's face when this happened. Saul said to Michal, Why have you deceived me thus and let my enemy go so that he has escaped? Right? Michal answered Saul, He said to me, Let me go. Why should I kill you? Is she quoting David right there? She's not, but she's implying that she's. Is that a lie again? <gasps> she's lied twice. In witness of her neighbor? Hmm. Interesting. David fled and... Oh my. Are we, anybody got the tally on this yet? Are we at five yet? Yeah, I think we're at five. I came to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. 
Where's David go? Don't say Rama. And Samuel would be correct. Get deeper on me. Like, let's, let's graduate out of kindergarten. He went to find Samuel because Samuel represents God. Who do you, who do you, who's he pursuing? I want to get God involved. How cool is that? When you need to escape, one of the great questions is, how do I get God involved? Or is he already involved? What am I missing in his involvement already? What's in place that I can recognize Oh, there's a prophet down in Rama. Let's go talk to Samuel. He's been 100% correct so far. He and Samuel went and lived at Naoth. It was told Saul, Behold, David is in Naoth in Ramah. And Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of the prophets, so the messengers go down to the prophet, and watch this. When they saw them prophesying, and Samuel standing as head over them, the Spirit of God came upon the messengers, and they also prophesied. Right? Did, did God um, sidetrack them? Yeah, with something good. Amen? Um, and when it was told Saul, he sent other messengers. Okay, second group. And they also prophesied. Whoops. Nice try, Saul. That's okay. The third time it'll work, right? Saul sent messengers again a third time, and they also prophesied then he said to himself if you want done something done right do it yourself right he shows up in ramah and came to the great well at saku and he asked where are the prophets samuel and david and one said behold they're at naoth and ramah and he went there to Naoth and ramah and the spirit of god came upon him also as he went he prophesied until he came to naoth and ramah and then this is the great part. I love this part. Scott, you're a little sick and twisted. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and he too stripped off his clothes. Two? Is it T-W-O-T-O or? It means also. It's implied that the other messengers that the Spirit came on and prophesied all got stripped. Okay, no, stripped is the Nice way of saying, God drops them down to their birthday suits. I love this. And, and he too prophesied before Samuel and lay, there's our word, naked, all that day and all that night. Is that awesome? Uh, don't ask me that question, Scott. Um, will God get your attention and use any means possible, especially when you're on the wrong track? And some of it can be very embarrassing. This is the king, and we've stripped him down to nothing. He's laying in the fetal position, and the only thing that he can do is prophesy truth from God. Where's his agenda gone? This is out the window. It's just over. Love that. Thus, it is said... Is Saul also among the prophets? Is that meant to be prescriptive or descriptive? Maybe snarky? I mean, what's the point? Through a passage like this and this long story, and you get to the very end, and you realize through all of Saul's action, is he a prophet? Not a chance. But God can do anything He wants whenever He wants. Amen? May the Lord bless the reading of His Word. This is... 1 Samuel chapter 19, and we've got all these instances uh, where uh, Jonathan, Michal, David, everyone's talking about, you know, how, how do you escape when you need out? How do you escape? What, like, what do you do? And my experience with Christians is a lot of times we we want to we want to take the high road and be the good soldier and I'm going to stick with this and I'm going to see it through and I'm going to do my best and I'm going to put my best foot forward, which is the left, by the way. And, and yet, God's continually sending us these hints, these messages, these clues, these neck, 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 McFly, when are you going to get it? This isn't working. It's time for you to escape. escape. 
Walk. Leave. Flee. You're staying there is actually perpetuating and making it worse. Joseph, before Potiphar's wife, what does he do? Have a discussion. Go talk to the king. Hey, let's figure this out. What does he do? He books and hightails it. Sometimes you have to leave. Praise God. I remember being in Arkansas. My boss has gotten fired. I'm walking into meetings. I have no idea about my future or what's going on. And all I can think is, just for fun, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. I just, California, here I come. I got to get out of here. What do you do? How do you approach that? I want to see at least three things. I want to make sure we're clear, though. There are more than these three things in how we can approach difficult scenarios and whether you need to escape. Never take just this one sermon and just these three points as the totality, the book on everything that needs to be known about this. This is a story. Got that? But we can see in this story some great things that David does, even things that Jonathan and Michal do, and actually Saul even. I stopped us with one verb attributed to Saul. I said, wait a minute, did he just listen? One of the greatest things that you can do in turmoil, trial, questions, mystery, confusion, is listen. Point number one, when you're trying to escape, escape one, number one, escape the title with who? Yeah, I mean, don't run from God. <laughs> Talk to Noah and Jonah, right? This is the poster child for one went with God, one tried to go without God. Two very different stories. Go with God, but when you're, go listen. Listen. Sometimes, and I know none of you do this. I mean, you're good Christians and you showed up at church today, so I know this doesn't apply to you. We come up with our own ideas, our plan of attack, our action items, perceived truths that you have some evidence for in the past. And here's the problem with perceived truths. They can sometimes be referenced to fawns and happy days. Wrong. We come up with ideas that, no, this has always been true. This is, it should be true. Mm. God says, no, just because you think it should happen doesn't mean it will or could. I might decide to strip you and leave you all day on the ground. But sometimes we're wrong. And, and many times, most times, truth comes from one of two places. Inside of you, because you are all caring, knowing entity, and you're a captain of captains and master of your own destiny, or truth comes from outside of you, somewhere else. Which one? Don't. Don't poke me on this one. Where, most of the time, where does truth come from? Outside of you. You have to listen, because it's not contained in here or in here. Do you, you know why God made you incompetent? <gasps> Scott, did you just say that about me in front of all these other people? Yeah. I'm, I'm the poster child for incompetent right here. I love it. I'm, I'll put the poster up a lot of places. There's a lot of stuff I'm very poor at, and then there's other things I'm even worse Amen? Amen? Why do y'all say that so loud? <laughs> Are you good at everything? No. You're incompetent then. Why did he do that to you? Because if you can't do everything, and there's other people that are better at something than you, what just happened to them? They become valuable. And you can get help. Most none of you are as good at uh, procuring donations and support for needy people. That's why we have Christine. Praise the Lord. 
Some of you are poor at speaking publicly. You use your quiet little mousy voice. And you need someone with a soccer voice to train you how to be heard. <laughs> Doug, right? Some of you, prayer is like a, it's important. For other of you, and you're just like, a, I'm not sure, and da da da. And you could learn from Judy, right? We listen and we are incompetent on purpose because God wants us to have this great other experience. It's called fellowship. The unity of believers. Praise God that a church never runs on a couple staff people. What a crappy place to be. I'm leaving. I would need to escape that environment right when you're listening who are you listening to any guesses teammates good guess listen to teammates now so that we can get past this who's your number one teammate okay good but most of the time when you're stuck it's because you're missing the messages he's giving you that's the condition i was in arkansas and i had to start getting around teammates calling my parents talking to julie talking to other pastors, friends of mine. Here's what's going on. What do you see? Can you pray? I'm lost. I'm upset. I'm hurt. I want out, and I want it yesterday. You know what most of them told me? Shut up. Stop talking. Have you asked this question? Have you talked to so-and-so? And it was amazing what happened when I started referencing teammates. And then I learned this other really weird thing. Do you know why you have teammates? Um, because you're incompetent and you don't listen. You're not really a good teammate. But you have teammates anyways. Why? Who wants you to have teammates? Do you realize that God has placed people around you? Things around you. Scenarios. Resources. And he then he took you and was like, <laughs> Peter, Paul, here, check this out. Watch. Bam, I'm dropping Berglund right in the middle of that. It's going to be a train wreck. Get the popcorn. Here we go. They eat popcorn in heaven, by the way. Um, when they watch tragedies. <laughs> Why would he do that? Dumb question and irrelevant. You may never know. I, I still have searing questions that scar my soul from my time in Arkansas. Now, if you're from Arkansas and you're from my past, there were amazing things that happened as well that I absolutely loved. But that's not what we're talking about today because that's not what the passage is on, okay? When we get to happy story, then I'll, I'll tell you the happy side of Arkansas, okay? Because was, was Arkansas good or bad? There you go. All right, it's kind of like Rock Bible Church. We have teammates because God has an agenda. He's working on something. Scary version? mostly working on you. And I have teammates around me to keep me on course. Smack me in the back of the head. Tell me to shut up. Start listening. Hey, why don't you read some more? Have you prayed about this? Oh, you know what the worst question as a pastor? When somebody says, well, that's, that's interesting, Scott. Have you prayed about it yet? And I'm thinking to myself, dang it, they caught me. I'm the pastor. I haven't prayed about that yet when I hang up. <laughs> Sorry, I'm busy. I gotta go. Um, listen to your teammates. Uh, we love this. Jonathan shows up on the scene and David listens to him. Jonathan shows up on the scene and Saul listens to him. Saul had continued with that. He'd have been a good shape. Michael, sh Michal shows up on the scene and David listens to her. And then Michal has a conversation with Saul and Saul kind of is forced to listen to her. That's that's dual, two different of the same thing. Talk to David, talk to Saul. Talk to David, talk to Saul. 
It's called chiasm. It's Hebrew technique for writing so that you get a point. I think this is one of the points. Who are the resources around you? Who's your sage? Who's your captain? Who's your peer? And who are you doing that for? Great question. You're so busy trying to find the exit that you're forgetting there's people in the room. And when you exit and you leave, what are they going to do? Now they got to do a service without you. Right? You can't just leave. There's people that depend on you. Okay? I did plan that, by the way. Um, number two. Exit when needed. I told you earlier there's a couple words that I think need to be brought back and reevaluated and and used. Permission. Escape was one of them. What was the other one? No. Maybe my favorite word. And exit is be a third one. Sometimes it's time to go. Move on. Let it be someone else's issue. If you find yourself in the middle, the counseling industry has a great title for you. You are an enabler because you're inserting yourself into other people's responsibility and you've failed to find the exit. Get out, move on. Did David need to exit when needed? Climbed out a window. He jumped the palisade because there were spears flying. And so he knew when to leave. Right? And yet, continue what God calls you to. Did, did David continue to win against the Philistines? Did he continue to talk to these people that God had placed him in, around, these teammates? Yeah. What's your calling? And does it outrank your comfort? Because just like we got a set of words that we're going to elevate and use more, escape, no, exit, there's, there's some words that we hold up here, we're going to demote them. Comfort. Eh, <laughs> We need to drop that word down. God's not interested in your comfort. <gasps> what? Yeah. I think he actually likes your discomfort. Because that's when you get off your tush and go get something done. And there's times where we need to recognize if God's called you to something, then show up. Do it. Stay there. Do whatever you have to. If you need to exit for a little while, great. But does that change your character? No. Because wherever you are, there you will be. And you still have to be who you have to be. Are there days off in the kingdom? Praise God, there's no days off. Wait a minute, Scott. What do you mean? I want days off. Six days you shall work, and the seventh you shall rest. Yeah, you rest, but is it a day off? No, because we're with God all the time. Ready for an example? I get tired of you people. Seriously. Text messages, phone calls, e every once in a while it's like, I when I get away, it's like, oh, I love this. Turn the phone off, set it down, go do my thing. I'm getting on a plane. You have to turn the phone off. I'm like, this is glorious. <laughs> now, traveling with uh, these two and Julie, so three of them, we're Southwest. <laughs> so they're three in one aisle, on one side, and I thought, I'll take one for the team. I'll be the one that sits by myself over there. So there's some couple empty seats, and this guy comes in, and he's like, hey, anybody sitting there? We're up close. He's like all excited. He's got, because when we exit, and he sits down and the whole thing. And, and he looks over at me. You ever get this weird feeling like someone's looking at you? <laughs> I'm trying to do my, I want, I want day off. And he starts talking to me. I'm like, oh, leave me alone. I 
want to go to sleep, right? Anyways, we get into this conversation, and I decide that there's no days off. So I start talking to him, and I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he finally, he says, hey, uh, what do you do? <laughs> now I know I know it's not an off day, right? Because now what do you got to say? I'm actually a pastor. I'm a lead pastor at a church. Watch this one. Did you do a funeral lately? Well, that's an obvious question. I'm a pastor. I do funerals regularly. What do you mean? It's like, did you do a funeral for Kristen? And I was like, oh, I can't hide here. <laughs> Today's not a day off. He's like, yeah, I know. I was there. I saw you. You did a great job. Blah, blah, blah. It was a great exchange. But I was having this weird moment of like, there's no days off. What's my calling? Be that all the time. Even when someone's trying to kill you. You will never agree with your boss 100% of the time. Your employees will never be perfect. Your spouse will be a little bit better than me and still have many, many flaws. We're not a man, men in that, okay? <laughs> Let's list your kids, the guy you're driving next to, the people you sit down on next to playing. Like, yours. it's going to be tough. In this life, you will have trouble. Figure out what he's called you to do. Now, if you really need to leave because there's danger, someone's going to get hurt, maybe you, whatever, recognize that and then walk. Give yourself permission and go get a good lunch. Go do whatever you need to do and walk. But when you walk, you bring kingdom with you. You represent Christ. You escape. What's the last two, next two words? With God. You're just escaping a person or a scenario or something. But we never want to escape him. And we never want to escape the agenda of what's coming. What's the trajectory for David right now? What's he get to be later? King? That's so amazing, and yet sometimes, and I know none of you do this, we get so excited about the destination that we do whatever we darn well please in the journey to get there. At all costs, we leave dead bodies behind us, and we squander resources and stewardship, and it's like, yeah, but now I'm king. And everybody hates you. And God's going to have to smack you. Or just strip you down naked. I want you to lay and roll around on the floor for a little while. I'm so glad that's not me. <laughs> right? Now, I had an idea for a visual of me laying down on the stage. I mean, like, imagine if you were... I didn't, I'm not giving you that visual. <laughs> There's reasons for that we'll never discuss, okay? So, uh, number two is ex exit when needed, yet continue what God calls you to. And then lastly... Wait for God to strip your enemy. Rejoice in it. Which part of that do you rejoice in? The God piece. And thank God, pray to God, beg God that you don't become an enemy or stripped. Because you're following the stuff that we talked about earlier. You, you stick to your call. You listen to your teammates. You trust that God has put you exactly where you are for a reason and then you step back and if somebody's about to get it move out of the way you ever been by somebody who says something super sacrilegious and you're standing with them and then they say that and you're like Ooh, yeah. and they say what, what are you doing I'm getting away for when the lightning strikes <laughs> right no I only do that with Doug because he's strong he can handle it right some of you if I used you in that analogy you'd be crushed and sensitive and all amen brother Sometimes we have to recognize it's his job. 
Let me rephrase. Always we must acknowledge it's his job. If you need to leave, leave. Why? Because God's going to do his agenda. Can he accomplish it without you? Watch this one. He always accomplishes it without you. Wait a minute. I thought I'm in some equations and I have value in certain places. Yeah, you have value to God. You have zero value to his agenda. Could God get somebody else to introduce that other person to Christ without you? He doesn't need you to be the messenger. He doesn't need you to correct them or give them their learning curve. You don't have to step in the middle and convolute an already difficult scenario. Step back, get out of the way, and go, God, take over. I love what Samuel does. I mean, uh, David does. He goes to find Samuel, and I ask you, what's he, what's he searching for? And I manipulated you into realizing he's looking for God in this. How about if you jump to three right away? Yeah, there's teammates around, but God, hey, what are you doing? Where's your prayer started there? And then you backed your way up through two and one. It'd be interesting. Um, what's the right way to approach these three fill-ins? What's the correct order? Let's not get literal, okay? Whichever one works. Which one does God put in front of you? Your teammates are unavailable, then you start praying. Or you're not sure how to pray and your teammates are around, boom, I'm out. Let's exit. I'll, I'll regroup down the block, whatever. But I love that David sticks to this. Is David going to become king? Yeah, he is. And here's the scary part. In the midst of all this stuff, because he got it right and he becomes king, you know who's going to fall harder than anyone? David. Because you can know the truth and it can set you free. And like a Dumbo, you can turn around and like a dog revert, re return to your vomit. It's an actual verse. I didn't make that one up. Julie doesn't like that verse very much. Figure out what works and do it. Amen? Is God with you? How often? Excellent. Let's act like it. You don't always need to escape because if you're with God, nothing can stop you. But if you're with God and God wants you somewhere else, you've got to recognize that too. Right? Because he will get your attention. We've established that. Lord, thank you that you are in control of all things and that you do have an agenda, whether we understand it, recognize it, or it is still complete mystery. Help us to value, recognize, and honor the teammates you put around us and may we be clear on what you've called us to and where our exits are. Lord, let us boast in that we know and understand you. And then increase what we know and understand about you. We thank you for all the things we've talked about today, the announcements included. And the things that are coming up, I pray that you would bless this offering. Do whatever you will. If you're here and you've never made a commitment to Christ, if you've never asked him into your heart, if you've never said, I want to live for you, but it's starting to make sense. And what you really need to escape from is your resistance to him and you finally broke down and ready to fall if that's you tell him this morning and then tell us after service pray this all in your son jesus name amen
I wanted out in the worst way. And I met with the lead pastor, Tim, and we sat and started talking. And he said, don't go. We need you to stay. And I had to wrestle with, do I stay here and continue what God's called me to be? And I'm listening to a teammate, my senior pastor, who's going to stand before God and answer for that church, telling me he needs something. And I knew there was only one stinking answer. We stayed another year and a half, and it was amazing. I didn't need to escape. I needed to escape some of my thinking and some of my feelings. But God had to work on me. be open to whatever he wants to do with you. It was Jesus on the night he was betrayed. He took the bread and he broke it. He dipped it in the wine. He said, this is my body and my blood, broken and shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It's so sad how simple the concept that we forget regularly. It's that he is central to all things. No matter what we approach, no matter our topic, whatever it is, just get with him. Remember him. He'll take you places. You would not be here today if it weren't for Fellowship Bible Church of Little Rock, Arkansas, and Tim Lundy. Amen. Stay or go with God. Amen? Go with Him.